Seto, who was uh, at the Labour Court earlier on. The Labour Court uh, apparently couldn't hear that urgent application uh, brought before it by Mulefe. This uh, follows the failure by ESCOM and the Public Enterprises Minister Limbran to file responding affidavits. Uh, Diabo Seto is our reporter and she is on the line with us. So Diabo, has there been any indication from the uh, Public Utility or the Public Enterprises Minister, whether or not they will file those papers? Um, Good afternoon. Well, absolutely not from um, our side. What we do know is that one of our colleagues who is currently at an event where Minister uh, Lynn Brown and I believe uh, the chairperson of the ESCOM board uh, are attending there, they would not be drawn into um, whether they'll be uh, filing responding papers to the courts. Um, I have also had the opportunity to speak to uh, Kulani Goma, who is the spokesperson for the ESCOM board, who also says that... um, all he, all he could tell me was that the matter was definitely not being heard today. Of course, we did head to the Labour Court earlier on today, and a court official did um, confirm with me that uh, there was no arrangements made with the court regarding uh, this case. Um, therefore, that means that the case would not be heard. Of course, this was to our disappointment because we were really, really hoping to hear um, how this is going to turn out. So was there any indication at all as to whether or not the Labour Court believes the matter does indeed reside with them and not the CCMA? So this is very difficult to answer that because when you do not have um, somebody like a magistrate and you only have a court court official um, who just tells you that, sorry, we will not be here in this court, it's uh, it's difficult to know what the court actually feels about uh, the case. But uh, my my guess is that, you know, they wouldn't, you know, discriminate against any case brought before them. They would hear it um, and the merits uh, that, that, that come with it. Okay. Diabo Seto, our reporter, economics reporter who was there at the Labour Court. We continue the conversation now with uh, Labour attorney Kerry Gatley of the Cowan Harper Attorneys. A very good afternoon to you and thank you so much for speaking to us once again, Ms. Gatley. I know you spoke to my colleague Stephen Kirker earlier on and this was uh, before we knew whether or not uh, the Labour Court would hear that urgent application and there was a time constraints to this matter. Brian Mulefe wanting this matter to be heard first today. Um, hi, yes, hi to you, sir. Yes, um, I, I hear that the, the Labour Court um, has said that that it wasn't actually officially enrolled. Um, Just to add to that, if you want to set an urgent application down in the Labour Court, you need to get hold of the registrar and you need to arrange with the registrar that the matter will be set down on a specific date at a specific time. And clearly that was not done. Mm. Um, from the feedback that's come from the court. So and that's why it wasn't even assigned to a judge. So what does that mean if it, it's not been enrolled? Does that mean there's been a reconsideration as to whether or not they are filing an urgent matter? No, just what it means is that it hasn't, because it wasn't done, there's a practice manual in the Labour Court, and you, if you want to set a, a, an application down urgently, you need to get hold of the registrar, and then she will give you a date and time when that application can be heard, and it'll get assigned to a judge. Um, clearly, from what I see, the registrar is saying no one arranged anything with me, therefore it hasn't actually been enrolled. No doubt that's going to happen now. Um, and um, it will then be set down on another date and time. I'm sure they didn't even give a new date, from what I understand, because Mm. it actually hasn't been enrolled correctly.
So we spoke, I mentioned the time sensitivity and that's because the DA was expected to go ahead with its own court action challenging um, the rationality behind the reappointment of Mr. Molefe tomorrow. Yes, that's correct. Um, That's been set down. Um, I see there's a report um, saying that um, an agreement by consent um, will be taken tomorrow, an order by agreement that... um, Mr. Malefi will not attend at the ESCOM head office or at any of the ESCOM sites for the purposes of performing any duties subject to the completion of Mr. Malefi's Labour Court matter, whereafter the review application by the DA would then be set down for hearing and that the DA intended to intervene in the Labour Court proceedings at once. That is a, a report that I read today mm. um, from Jane Self. Um, in relation to the matter tomorrow. That would make sense because there's certain, you know, obviously it would become moot for the DA application if they've rescinded the appointment. And that's one of the, um, you know, there was a part A and part B to the DA application. The first part was to prevent him from working there. Um, The second part was to review the reappointment decision. Now, if that decision's been rescinded, as ESCOM says it has, then it would make the DA's application moot. But because Brian Malefi's brought an application to the Labour Court saying he needs to be reappointed, um, and his matter dealt with because he needs to be back at ESCOM in order to, to deal with the DA application, that was one of the allegations he made in his papers. So this agreement is understandable because they're basically saying let the Labour Court um, hear his application in relation to his challenge um, to the rescission of these decisions that, that were taken and his dismissal before we then proceed with the review application. Does that make sense? But then would the Labour Court's ruling have any implication for the DA case? And they say they intend to go ahead with it, whether or not uh, the Labour Court rules in his favour. But should the Labour Court rule uh, against him, would it still necessitate them going to court to say the decision was irrational. What is the end game, basically? Well, I think, the, I mean, my understanding is that the DA application, the relief that they're seeking, is they're asking the court to review and set aside the reappointment um, of Brian Malefi on the basis that it was irrational. Hmm. Now, if ESCOM, as they said, I think on Friday, they've, they've taken a decision to rescind that reappointment, then, you know, possibly the DA still wants to to have a decision taken in relation to the initial decision. But if it's subsequently... As in somebody held accountable for making that decision? uh, Possibly. Look, I haven't read those papers, Hmm. so um, I can't say exactly, but it it would seem to be moot because the whole point was to have it declared irrational so that he can't be reappointed. Now, if the t- decision's been taken to rescind that decision anyway, then the court's going to say, well, what exactly, what is the relief that you're seeking? Um, because it's moot now. His reappointment's been rescinded. He's no longer there. Um, unless they want to still, from what I see, I also agree with you, they do say whatever happens at Labour Court, they're proceeding. Maybe they would then want to have a look at the decision in the first place. But the relief they were seeking was to, to have it declared irrational. So possibly they'll proceed still on that basis. Now, but what would be the relief? Because he's no longer there. Um, 
it's not going, you know, it's moot. Now, let's look at Brian Mulefe's challenge. And I'm just wondering if you can possibly speculate how uh, far in the court will be asked to interrogate the matter of whether or not he was indeed retired, um, he resigned, or what the actual nature of the the action before his appointment was, because he's not saying uh, the board cannot fire him because it's illegal, but the decision did come from uh, the interministerial level, committee level, which also included the public enterprises minister. Yes, I think um, my understanding of his challenge to the Labour Court is he's saying that um, um, he didn't resign. He took early retirement, and and that was an agreement with ESCOM, but that seems to have been a mistake. Um, And therefore, his original contract stayed in place. I'm not quite sure how how he's going to deal with the fact that he took up another position during that time um, as, a, you know, as a minister, um, if his original contract was still in place. Um, and then he says, as I understand his argument, he says the board had no power to remove him um, because that, is, that power is assigned to the minister in terms of the memorandum of incorporation and that you have to read his contract as well as that provision um, and that by take, the board taking a decision to dismiss him um, in the circumstances that they did, He's arguing they didn't have authority to do that. But his next, as I stand, his, his next leg of the argument is that the um, that even if if it's found that the minister, you know, his dismissal was effected at the instance of the minister, um, they then say the minister had no authority to do it for two reasons: um, that her conduct basically amounted to an unlawful repudiation of his contract of employment because there's no legal grounds to have terminated it. And they're basically saying you can only terminate a contract of employment on the basis of capacity. So in other words, poor performance, ill health, um, operational requirements, um, or misconduct. And they're saying there was, there's none of those reasons. So therefore, it was, it was purely a political decision um, and therefore didn't amount to lawful grounds on any possible construction. And then they also say he didn't get a fair hearing. Now, that argument goes to whether there was a fair reason and a fair process followed in terms of his dismissal. Um, and and I, my view would be, well, that should go to the CCMA. Um, when it comes to contractual challenge about the lawfulness and whether or not the decision was lawful, the Labour Court may look at that. Um, but when it comes to the fairness of the dismissal, that should normally have gone to the CCMA. But they seem to have a mixture of different grounds on which they intend to rely, which is the power to remove. So in other words, they're saying if you didn't have the authority, what you did was an unlawful repudiation, and they're basically claiming specific performance, put me back into the position I was, because your actions were unlawful.